Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are now two losses or two Spurs wins away from postseason elimination after their loss to the Denver Nuggets earlier today. LeBron James did not play in a game because of a bum ankle. That probably doesn't bode very well for the rest of his season. Uh, he needs to play two more games, though, to be eligible for the scoring title. Something tells me he'll probably be eligible for the scoring title. Let's get to it. The Lakers lost to the Denver Nuggets at home Sunday afternoon slash evening. 129-118 to was the final. Anthony Davis played 35 minutes, scored 28 points to go with nine boards, uh, a few blocks, 11 of 25 from the field. Russell Westbrook played about as well as you could ask for Russell Westbrook to play. 27 points, 10 boards, 7 assists, 11 of 15 from the field, only two turnovers. Um, The issue is, beyond those guys, not much. Carmelo Anthony scored 17 on 18 shots. Uh, You look around the starting lineup, Avery Bradley, 10 points, 4 of 5 shooting, which is fine, Uh, a minus 9 on the night. Uh, Malik Monk, 11 points, 5 of 9 from the floor, minus 12 for him. Uh, on the night, Taylor Horton Tucker, 18 minutes, 7 points, uh, 3 of 6 from the field, minus 11. There just wasn't enough help elsewhere on, in this game. Um, once again, Austin Reeves got a DNP CD. Uh, this is an, an interesting decision here, and one that Frank Vogel explained after the game is basically, look, Reeves is in a slump. We need to win these games. So I'm going with the guys that I trust to win me these games. Uh, Here's my thing. If you are going to play Avery Bradley and uh, DJ Augustine over Austin Reeves in an effort to win now, guess what, man? You'd better win now because those reps that Reeves could be getting right now. And look, by the way, like this season is over. The, the, The Lakers... Again, as I said at the beginning, the Lakers are either two losses away or two Spurs wins away from being eliminated from the postseason. If the Spurs win one and the Lakers lose one, they're eliminated from the postseason. Like that's <laughs> that's just how this is going to go. Um, and and if if that's the situation that you're in and you're likely going to be eliminated, then like what else can you focus on to have some organizational momentum to carry out the season? Well, one thing is you could get some guys who are actually going to be there next season some meaningful reps and some actual in, in some games that really actually matter. And you look at the minutes here: Taylor Horton Tucker only eighteen, uh, Winning Gabriel only eleven, Stanley Johnson only sixteen. Like these are the guys who like actually cared over the course of the season. And by the way, the Lakers like actually competed in this one. It, the, the, the final is it indicates that it was a little further apart than it actually was but but still like if you're if, if you're an organization that is focused on winning now and you're going to play the veterans that you think are going to win now you'd better effing win and the Lakers didn't the Lakers haven't the last two games that they have gone with Avery Bradley in the starting lineup and as the Lakers have moved away from the younger guys who injected a little bit of energy into the season, the Lakers are now, they've lost six in a row or something like that. They've lost six in a row. Uh, they have lost two in a row since the since LeBron and AD came back. Obviously, LeBron didn't play yesterday. 
So that kind of impacts the math here. But if you are going to focus on winning and in the process of doing so are going to pass up on the development of guys who are who might actually be there next year, you'd better win. And the Lakers haven't. And now the Lakers are looking at, at uh, elimination all the same while the guys who might actually be there next year have gotten little to no reps. After the game, the quotes came out, uh, especially Anthony Davis had some quotes that, I'm going to be honest, made me roll my eyes. A lot of what ifs this and what ifs that. Um, look, I, I think Kendrick Nunn is an okay player, but if you're at the end of the season looking at being eliminated, not just from like seeds one through eight, but one through 10, and you're sitting here telling me that Kendrick Nunn would have been the difference and that you could, like, I'm sorry, man, just shut up. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. You could point to injuries and, and all of that, and, and Anthony Davis surely will be at the forefront of those who are saying, man, if only we had been a little healthier this year. Well, look, AD, both of his injuries this year were freak plays. One guy dove into his knee, and then another play, he landed on somebody's foot. You can't really control those things. What you can control, though, is having a roster that is the oldest in the NBA and thinking that you were going to make it through the entirety of the season without injuries. <laughs> LeBron James has put more miles on his body than basically anybody in the history of the sport. Anthony Davis asks more of his body on a game-by-game -game basis than, again, just about anybody in the history of the sport, given how big he is and how he's expected to move on both sides of the court. Uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, it, it, at his absolute pinnacle, was one of the absolute freak athletes who, again, asks more of his body, asked more of his body than almost anybody at his position. And as you get any kind of slippage there, you're because of how poor he is as a shooter, uh, you are going to see some extreme drop off relatively quickly. Like that's how we all knew Russell Westbrook's career was going to go. And then you look across the roster. Trevor Ariza was the only two way wing that they signed. And eventually he needed foot surgery. You know what kind of leads to foot surgery? An NBA career that lasts 15 plus years or 13 plus years. However long he has been in the NBA. He's 36 years old. Carmelo Anthony is, is, is obviously well on his way to being a Hall of Famer, but he's <laughs> older than LeBron. It's like, yeah, you could do the whole what if thing and you can say, man, what, what, could, this, what could this season have been? If only the Lakers had one more healthy combo guard that the Lakers could have leaned on here. Yeah, that's what was desperately needed here. So yeah, defend the roster that you put together at the beginning of the year all you want. And you can say that what if, what if, what if. But you're not the only team that dealt with injuries. The very team you lost to today is playing without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr. They, they find a way to win. They found a way to be competitive this season. They aren't, you know, they, they aren't sitting at the 11 seed. Huh. Weird. Teams overcoming injuries because organizationally, there is a structure in place that would be ready to adapt to injuries. What a concept. Man, if only somebody had thought of that before. And here's my other thing with AD. And I, look, I'm not, I'm not saying all this as if to, point, to pin all of this on AD. I, I think, as we have talked about over the entirety of the season, uh, this is an organization-wide failure. 
unmitigated disaster that is not you it, it, it's it's so much failure that you can't pin it on one person but ad you want to talk about what if you want to you really want to look at what if and 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 the various factors that could have been different this year what if you came into the season focused on playing a brand of center basketball that is actually up to date with today's nba so like best if you want to basically take 80s word for it he bulked up in order to play more center and that impacted the way that he was able to move on a basketball court i don't quite buy it because we have seen players throughout sports history add muscle mass and not have it immediately tank their athleticism but fine if that's what you want to if that if you want to just give uh take 80s word and and run with it as such then you can still criticize him for thinking about the center position in such a backwards way that he would tank his own game in order to better fill what he considers center play and what is needed from his body in order to play the center position. So that's, that's the best reading of the situation. The other reading of the situation, and it's one that I'm not the only one who holds this. There are people with the Lakers who, you know, kind of begrudgingly acknowledge yeah, this guy hasn't been in the best shape basically since they won a championship. And I understood it a season ago. I get it. They won a championship and then immediately resumed playing a month later. Asking anybody to go through those circumstances and remain in tip-top shape is too much, frankly. And again, not just anybody here, but Anthony Davis, given the way that he plays basketball on both ends of the court, like asking him to remain in tip-top shape for basically 26 straight months or something ridiculous like that, like that was never going to happen. So two seasons ago, I don't really hold that against him. This year, however, he did have a lengthy offseason. The Lakers didn't go far at all in the postseason last year. They had plenty. They, they, they had an additional month on top of the month that, that they had off, uh, you know, compared to the month that they had all the, the, the year before. He could have gotten himself self in better shape. And, and that there are whispers about his conditioning, you know, given the year that he had the year prior is not great, you know? So either you read it from the perspective of his explanation, which was, Hey, I added some bulk in order to better deal with the center minutes. That's fine. But if that's really what you were going to do, why would you go off and thank Rob Palenka for signing Deandre Jordan so that you wouldn't have to start at center. Like, not all of this adds up. So if you want to go and, and, and dive into the what-if game, Anthony, like, fine, we can. I'm going to laugh at you the entirety of the time that you do it because you're talking about Kendrick Nunn as if he's like prime Michael Jordan. But if you want to do that, part of the what-if here is, what if you actually just welcomed and embraced the position that you were actually best at right from the get-go and embraced playing it in a modern way where you do catch the ball rolling to the basket in pick and roll situations like what if you actually did that what if you actually played the brand of basketball that makes you arguably the best two-way center in the nba when you play the center the position the way that you the, the way that the, the the game has indicated that you should like what if that right if you're going to do the what if and you're going to go into hypotheticals well here's mine and it's something that you're going to really have to do at the end of this season and in looking ahead to next season the lakers will only go so far as anthony davis is willing to commit to his best position
LeBron James is an incredible player, and he and and for his age had an astonishing season. But he needs more help than the Lakers were able to give him this year. Part of it because of injuries, and those are freak accidents that AD dealt with. But also before the injuries, AD didn't look right. AD and 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 he, I think he's going to finish the season at best shooting in like the low twenties from three point range this year. If you want to play power forward, then you need to shoot better than twenty percent from three point range. Because twenty percent won't get it done for centers. Like you're, 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 if you're hoping to step out and be a four, then you need to up that three point percentage by significant amounts, and that has nothing to do, by the way, with muscle mass and all of those things. Like if you actually ad want to play the whole hypothetical stuff, like I hope at some point you look in the mirror and you and you rethink the way that you approach this season. And again, to be absolutely clear here, this wasn't just an AD problem, right? Like the fact that the Lakers didn't sign any two-way wings was probably the, 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 the nail in the coffin before the season even got going. You just can't be that thin at such an important position. The fact that they started the season with DeAndre Jordan and Kent Bazemore in the starting lineup, probably not great and probably was an indication that this season was not going to end well. Um, eventually LeBron's body was always probably going to kind of break down. Like he expecting him to play anywhere close to 82 games at this stage of his career is probably asking too much, let alone asking him to play that many games to the level that he was playing over the course of the season. That's too much to ask. And then look, the Russell Westbrook trade was a disaster. Like it just flat out was, he played well. He played about as well as you could possibly ask Russell Westbrook to still play. And the thought was, hey, if Russ plays the way that he's capable of playing, LeBron can take the occasional day off. Well, LeBron did take the day off. He was forced to take the day off because his ankle, he's trying to play on a bum ankle. Russ played about as well as you could possibly ask him to. Anthony Davis played about as well as you could ask him to. And the Lakers still lost by double digits at home. So like, yeah, the, 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 did I go hard on AD in the last couple segments? Absolutely. But the bigger problems here are organization-wide, right? The, the fact that they cheaped out and didn't bring Alex Caruso back. The fact that uh, they cheaped out in the first place and didn't hire Ty Lue and instead chose to hire Frank Vogel. That's a what-if that's going to hang in the air for a long time. Uh, they're going to have to do the same kind of thing this year. They're probably going to hire like Doc Rivers or something like that because he's a name, um, and the Lakers only seem to care about names. And they don't seem to care about the the glue that actually holds these things together. But look, this season it's basic. It's it's all but over. Like the, the the fat lady is tuning up her vocal cords. This thing's just about wrapped. And we're going to get article after article after article and leak after leak after leak explaining how different people in the organization were responsible for different things because everybody right now is more focused on covering their own ass than actually being held accountable for the the mistakes that got the Lakers to here in the first place. But for me, given that so many of these quotes after the game from Anthony Davis are of the what if variety, then sure, we can play the what if game, but it's not going to play out the way that you hoped it would. And that goes for everybody involved. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out the talk or the Can You Dig It guys. Uh, Christian had the day off, so I believe Harrison stepped in and recorded with Jacob after the game. I'm sure they had an entertaining conversation um, at, at, after that one uh, to wrap up 
what essentially feels like the final nail in this season's coffin. Uh, so you're going to want to check that out. Uh, later today, I'm going to sit down and talk to Jovan Buha, um, and I'm doing that for a reason. He and I recorded the Russell Westbrook preview earlier this year, and um, we're going to revisit parts of that conversation. So that's going to be a really fun conversation. Make sure you check that out and the rest of this stuff as we essentially get ready to finally bury this <laughs> godforsaken Lakers team and Lakers season. Until all that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one. And hey, at least winning time is good. <laughs> <laughs>